Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. Rosie does not have tears in her eyes, can sit. <laughs> it's a joke. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say I am ready for this word this morning. Amen. I want to welcome all our online viewers. So people who are sitting in-house, don't feel offended if I don't look at you and if I look at the camera. <laughs> Please. There's a big audience out there. There's a big audience in here. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to start off this morning with my theme, Rediscover Love. In which season are we? In which month? Christmas. Hallelujah. Amen. Rediscover love. That's what the Holy Spirit laid in my heart. Jesus, God, the Father, did not only say Jesus. He said everything that encompasses Jesus. The whole package. All the characteristics. What do we need to do now from our side? We need to embrace Jesus. We need to give love or give our lives to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Rediscover love, the birth of Christ this month. So I want to I start with the story. And pardon me for reading some of it. Okay, I don't mean I need my glasses. Say hallelujah. <laughs> right, it's a story of two farmers in America. There was two farmers, and their farms shared a property line, right? And for generations, their families have had lived next to one another. Both farms benefited from a spring that runs through the one farm, but both farms benefited from it because there's a property line. It was split. The water was shared, providing water for both of the fields. One day... The farmers, both of them, got a letter from the county office. It informed them that there had been an error in the way the property line had been drawn. Whoa. And the spring actually lay entirely within the property of the one farmer. So the spring was initially in both sides. The property, the property line going through the spring Right? You get the picture? And so, a bitter feud began. They start fighting. The farmer that now owned the spring dug an irrigation ditch along the property line, rerouting the spring water and creating a barrier that could not be crossed. But foolishly, he spent so much money on digging the ditch and getting the trench ready, he didn't have enough money to hire workers to bring in the harvest. The other farmer decided to fight. I want my water back. I want half the water. Day after day, he spent hours in town meeting with lawyers, researching property law, filing suits. His fields lay neglected because he had no water. And he spent all his money on the legal battle. 
One day, hmm, what to say? One day, a carpenter came through the area looking for work. Hmm. A carpenter, a man with a trade, a man that can build stuff. He knocked on the door of the second farmer and the farmer said, well, if he's going to try to divide us up with that ditch, then I might as well finish the job. I don't even want to have a look at him anymore. I don't want to see that farmer or that farmland. So he asked the carpenter to build a fence all the way across the property, a nice big tall fence like we see between Mexico and the USA. We've seen a big fence, right? The carpenter said, well, if you've got the wood, I can do the work. So the farmer showed him the wood that was stacked up in his barn, and the carpenter went to work. He started to build this fence up. Well, the carpenter soon found out that there was not enough wood to build the kind of barrier that the farmer had in mind. But when the carpenter put this out to the farmer, the farmer said, well, I can't afford any more wood. Every spare dollar I've got is going to the lawyers. Just do what you can with the wood that you have. And he left to go back to town to file another lawsuit. That farmer came driving back down the dirt road to his home from town. But when he looked across the field, he did not see any fence going up. Instead of the barrier that he wanted, he saw that the carpenter had built a bridge across the ditch. And so sooner, he had pulled into his driveway, then here come his neighbor, come walking toward him with his hands stretched out and open arms. And the one farmer said to the other farmer who's now building this, who wanted to build the wall, you are a better man than I am. To make the first move and build a bridge, he said. Can you forgive me? Hmm? Can you forgive me? I realized that God's the one that put the spring there. He said, I realized that God put that one farmer who had full ownership of the spring say that I realize now that God put that spring there. We the ones that draw the lines. Hmm? The first farmer promised to reroute the irrigation ditch so his neighbor's field could be watered. In turn, the second farmer sent his sons across the bridge to help his neighbor bring in the harvest. All because a carpenter built a bridge 
and not a wall. Amen? Well, when I read this, yeah, you can still see. So let's go to John 4, 1 John 4, and read our scripture for this morning. The carpenter that builds a bridge. Beloved, John writes here, Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God. And he who loves, his Philemon, is begotten born of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God. Verse 8. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know Him, for God is love. This is strong words. Right? This is strong words. Verse 9. In this love of God, in this, the love of God was made manifest, displayed, where we are concerned. In that God sent His Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through Him. Say, I live through Jesus. Oh, we could do better than that. I live through Jesus. I live through Jesus. Yes, you have to be confident in what you say. I live through Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. I live through you. <laughs> yes, we have to be humble as well. But be confident in what, we, what you believe in. Do you believe in Christ? Amen. Do you believe in Christ? Amen. Verse 11. Oh no, I'm at um, uh, verse 10. In this love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the Situation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He paid for all our sins. Say amen. amen. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. Whoa, that's where the challenge comes in, right? <laughs> right? Verse 12. No man has at any time seen God. But if we love one another... God abides in us and His love is brought to completion, to its full maturity. It runs its full course, is perfect in us. Verse 13, by this we come to know that we abide, live and remain in Him and He in us because He has given us to us His Holy Spirit. And besides, we ourselves have seen and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of this world. I'm just skipping the words in brackets just before time-wise. Verse 15, anyone who confesses and acknowledges and owns <laughs> and owns, it's yours, it's mine. It belongs to me. I'm the heir. We own that Jesus is the Son of God. God abides in Him and He in God. Verse 16. And we know and understand and recognize and believe the love of God cherishes for us. God is love and He who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God and God dwells and continues in Him. Say amen. Hallelujah. Love, 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 love. John was talking about love like Plenty. I didn't count how many times the word love was used here. Amen? When we, look at the, when we look at Christ's birth, 
we realize that the birth of Christ brings together a wide variety of people. He didn't, he not just only died for Jews or non-Jews or the Persians or people in Lebanon or whatever. Right? And he died for many people across many divides and contrasts. All of us. So I want to share with you a few points. How does the love of Christ, the love of God, unites people? Number one, love unites generations. Generations. Young generation. Okay, it was a joke. Young generation and old generation. Um, my grandson generation and my generation. He, he unites different generations. Your generation of the young people in school and primary school and the older generation. We need all the generations in society. Love comes unites that. Let's look at an example. After Jesus was born, the young couple was united with two more senior adults. Who were they? Simeon and Anna. Some of you might ask, who are they? Yeah, it's in the Bible. <laughs> when Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. Jewish custom, remember? And who was there? Let's go and read Luke 2. So look in the book of Luke, from chapter 2, 25 to 32. 25, and behold... This is now in the temple. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. Oh, sorry, not in the temple, in Jerusalem. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, faithful, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord, he, the Holy Spirit told him, you're not going to die, Simeon, before you see Christ. Wow. Wow. And he was an old man already. What does the Holy Spirit do here? He comes and gives hope to Simeon that you're not going to die. You're going to see Christ first. That is a special promise to someone. Don't you think it? Right? Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple where Joseph and Mary was. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Simeon. Simeon took him up. Verse 29. Lord no, you are letting your servant depart in peace. Well, now, sorry, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. That's why I prayed earlier. He only not, God did not only, the Father did not only send Jesus. He sent everything that surrounds him, his character. He sent salvation. He sent freedom. He sent liberty. He sent compassion. He sent the bright morning star. He sent Emmanuel. That's who he sent. Right?
For my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 31. Which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring salvation or revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You see what Simeon says here? The generations and the different kinds of people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now Anna, let's go to verse 36. Who is this Anna? Verse 36, now there was one Anna, a prophetess. Say amen. The daughter of Finwell, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eight, well, 84 years who did not depart from the temple. She did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. Can you see the picture? Here's a temple. Here's a woman of 84. She's there day and night. She said day and night praying and fasting. Verse 38. And coming in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who, who looked for redemption, redemption in Israel. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you unite generations, the old and the young, the young and the old. You unite with your love. Next one, love also unites genders. Love unites genders, male and female. Matthew actually begins his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. And stunningly, for a Jewish writer of the day, remember he was a Jewish writer, he includes the names of five women in the gene genealogy. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Much of Luke's gospel, Luke now, much of Luke's gospel tells a story from the point of view of women, from Elizabeth and Mary sharing their previous stories with one another, to Mary treasuring all things in her heart, not to mention that Joseph was about to break off the engagement with Mary until the angel talked to him. Until the angel talked to him to reunite. Amen? Next one. Love unites cultures. There's so many cultures in this church, in this ministry. And we thank God for that. Because that is our heart. Who's our? The church. Yes, my heart. Pastor Ronaldo's heart. But your heart as well. The church's heart is to unite cultures. Say amen. Say hallelujah. <laughs> Matthew 2 tells us that wise men from the east came to, 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 to Jerusalem to worship Jesus. From the east. Was it now China? Is it a bit far? Was it Persia next to Israel? Doesn't say. But more importantly, they were Gentiles, not Jews. Culture. 
different cultures. And their inclusion in Jesus' birth story echoes the radical idea that Christ the Messiah brings salvation and restoration to all people, not just the Jews. All people. He said, I have died for, for the whole world, for, for all of the world, all that's inside this world. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And isn't it interesting in Matthew, the most Jewish gospel, is the one that tells this part of the story while Luke, a Gentile, tells a part of the story about the infant Jesus presented at the temple. You see the two cultures in the discipleship eventually. Love unites cultures. Say, love unites cultures. Hallelujah. Love unites all creation. Shepherds and angels come together. Beings of earth and beings of heaven. Shepherds and angels. All of creation. You see the love that, you, that unites? Creation itself gets into the act. A star guides the wise man. And stable animals witness the birth of the Messiah. The star guides the wise man from the east. And the animals witness the birth of Jesus. You see, what, 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 do, you, do you get the heart of, Jesus, of God here, the Father? That He is a God of unification. He wants to unite. Because there was separation in the beginning. In the garden. There was separation. And through the Old Testament, God was with men. But there was still a separation. People in Israel was rebelled against God. And so God sent, the Father sent Jesus Christ to this earth to come and reconcile, unite, and bring all that stuff that I said to this earth, to this physical realm. Amen? Yeah, it's so true. God assembles a cast of characters. A cast of characters to witness the birth of Jesus Christ. And that is what the love of Christ does. It builds bridges between people that would otherwise be divided by AIDS and gender and social class and culture and religion. He builds that bridge. The carpenter comes and builds a bridge. Instead of building a wall, he comes and builds a bridge. Say, thank you, Jesus, for building a bridge. We often say, or sometimes say, oh, build a bridge and get over it. You know, when we, when, when we take offense or when there's offense or when, you, when someone does something against you, whatever, you know, and, and sometimes more mature people would say to the other one who is now offended, ah, just build a bridge and get over it. 
and it's actually true. Get over it. Right? Build a bridge. And here was Jesus building that bridge for us to unite cultures and social stands and class. The next point I want to make is point number two. Love is embodied in Christ. Christ is love. In Christ is love. Amen? God is love. And the Bible is his love story for all humanity. Sin came in the Garden of Eden, bringing death and brokenness and separation from God. But God had a plan and a way and a person. He had a way, he had a plan, and he had a person in mind. God the Father, he had a plan, he had a way, and he had a person in mind. Amen? To reestablish the love relationship that he intended from the beginning. He intended it from the beginning. That way is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Who is described as a groom and the church as his bride. The relationship with God that he brings us into is a relationship of love. That's all God wants. Number three, love defines us. Love defines Christians, believers. Or it's supposed to. <laughs> right? Do we miss it? Plenty times. Right? We have to walk in love, talk in love, look in love, act in love. Not to only the one that you love physically, the one that you don't like so much as well. <laughs> right? Or the, or the one that's, that's perhaps irritating you. That irritation is not their fault. It's your fault. Or there's something in you that needs to be fixed or repaired. That's why David prayed this. We always say this. Lord, remove the stuff that is not from you. Remove it from me. Because it is bringing divide between me and my loved ones and my work colleagues and people at home. And that is my... my Main message today is that we have to realize that we have to walk in love, act in love, because the love of God is in us. If we say we are Christians and believers, <laughs> it's not easy, right? It's not always easy. If you say, I'm looking at Jared now, if you say you are an a, a electrician, and you have the papers to prove it. So you can say, I am an electrician, or I am an instrumentationist technician. Then you must act like an electrician when it comes to electricity, right? I can't go and, if I want to do electricity work, I can't go and do welder work and weld something together. Not going to work so lacquer, <laughs> right? So if we say, it's coming to me, if we say we are Christians and believers, what are we saying? It is a big thing. You say, I am a believer. 
and believe in one. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of the living God. His blood is was shed for me. He is my Redeemer. He is Emmanuel, God with me and in me. Whoa, Buddha. Then, and sister, then you must walk in that love. And that's where our challenge comes. Because the flesh, say the flesh. No, say the flesh. Wants to override the spirit. Right? The flesh wants to bring divide. So that's why Paul said, the flesh must die. This thing must die. The desires of the flesh must die. And that's a challenge. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's be authentic. Right? It's a challenge. It's not always nice to love everyone. Oh, I'm the only one. <laughs> but we do our best in the way we act, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we speak. And I don't say you have to go and hug everybody every day and, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, no. Come here. I love you. Who are you? What's your name? Oh, I love you. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> it's the way we act, the way we conduct ourselves. Right? Jesus walked in, in Israel and he didn't say much. But his actions spoke volumes. What does the people say who I am? What do the people say I am? Who I am? You are the Christ. You are the Christ. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a challenge for us human beings on this earth to always walk in love, talk in love. Love defines us. Love defines. Love is a definition of Christians. As Jesus was with his disciples at his last supper, he told them this, John 13, verse 34. Amplified classic translation. I give you a new commandment. A new commandment. So Jews, you, you 12 guys, you know the law. You, come, you know, you Jews, you know the law. But now, I'm going to give you a new computer. I'm going to give you a new iPad. Hey, hey I'm going to give you a new iPhone. <laughs> I'm giving you a new commandment today. When you receive something new, the old one is sort of put away. Am I right? Are you going to still use the old phone when you get a brand new iPhone 13 Pro Max Plus? It can't even fit in your pocket. It's so big. No, you're not going to use the old one. So Jesus says here, I give you a new commandment. In other words, Forget about the other commandments and the laws that you know so well because the laws does not teach love. It says that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So you too should love one another. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. 
my followers, my disciplined followers. If you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. Amen? We don't say, God doesn't say change your character now. Become bipolar now. Now you must change your personality to become non-Lord. No. Just do what the Word says. Just do what the Word says. Yes, do we have to, do we have to sometimes change how we speak? Yes. Do we sometimes have to change how we act? Yes. Tweak your character. Right? We are tweaking our characters and everything continuously. Right? We have to sometimes have to zip it and pocket it or throw it away. <laughs> right? And that's when it's hard. It's, it's like... It's, it's difficult. I want to say something. But if you keep quiet, you grow. You grow. If you say something, you die. It's all life lessons. The word of God. Love is what defines us. It marks us as character and characterizes us. Okay, the last, last point in ending. Love restores what is broken. So many people must hear this. So many people, for you watching online, love unites and restores what is broken. Jesus spoke with a Samaritan woman at the well. The Samaritan woman, which broke a couple of social laws, Jewish laws, all at once. It was taboo. A Jew doesn't speak to a woman. He doesn't speak to a Samaritan as well. Right? Jesus was constantly seeking to bring people together. Constantly. To cross the borders, to tear down the barriers, to reach out above the disagreement. And how? He did it through love. He did it through love. A powerful statement for me is when he wrote in the sand to the Jews, he said, okay, you threw the first stone if you were without sin. He didn't curse them and didn't go off of them. He just told them straight. 1 John 4, 18. For there is no fear in love. There's no dread. Dread does not exist. When I read this, I... I really felt in my spirit that there's some of us and some of you and some of you watching that are fearful of There's a fear that was to come up in the season or something. You are fearful of uh, being alone, of, of being left alone. And I want to come right now in the name of Jesus. I want to break off that fear by the blood of Jesus and release into you a new love. The love of Jesus, the love of God in your heart, in your mind, right now. If it is you, say amen. The love of God in you, the love of Christ in you, because fear, there's no fear in love. Love doesn't come with fear. Amen? But full-grown, completely and complete, perfect love 
turns fear out of doors. And expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Amen? Hallelujah. There is no fear in love. Say, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. If I have love, I have no fear. Amen. No anxiety, no depression. I want to break off every depression, demonic work that wants to come upon people of the church in the name of Jesus. And I will release the love of God in your heart and in your mind right now. The love of God. That father who has sent his son, he has sent everything that encompasses Jesus. In Jesus' name. To go back to my story at the beginning of the carpenter. <laughs> the carpenter used the wood and the nails the farmer gave to him to build a bridge between the two enemies. It took a carpenter to build a bridge. And guess what? It's still happening today. That carpenter is still building that bridge today. To unite enemies, to unite people, to unite loved ones, to unite families. There's family sitting here where there are people in the family who's divided. And in my family, it's also true. You don't know it because we don't share it. But I can tell you in my family, there is division. And I pray, we pray every day that that divide will be united. How will we be united? Only by God's grace and His love. But yes, people have to choose. We have to choose. You have to choose the love of God, the love of Christ, because only love can build that bridge between siblings, between parents and siblings. And, and children. Between husbands and wives, only love can come in there and build that bridge. Can build that bridge. And what was, what was interesting about this carpenter building that bridge, the one farmer or the second farmer who wanted this wall up he didn't plan for the other farmer to come with his open arms and run to him. It was a surprise to him too. But the carpenter did it. Jesus did it. And when Jesus did it, repentance came. And he said, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I come to realize that God has put that spring in there in the first place. No county law or whatever law is going to bring a divide between us. 
Amen? No, no governmental law can bring divide in us. We choose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we know that Jesus worked as a carpenter in a carpenter shop. And that wasn't for nothing. Because that's where his public ministry started. And when God's people turned against him, he was given a cross of wood by the Roman soldiers. His feet and hands were nailed to the cross. And Jesus used that wood and those nails to build a bridge between the enemies. In him laying or, or hanging there on the cross, he was busy building the bridge. He was bully, bull, uh, busy destroying the divide while he was hanging on the cross, on that tree, on that wood, with the snails going through his body, stabbed in the side. God's plan was great, people. We thought, the people thought that's the end of Christianity. That's the end of Jesus going to die. But on the third day, there was a celebration going on because God had a plan. He knew he's going to raise his son up in victory to overcome and then send us the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. Love first. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the inspiration of your word. I want to thank you for your insight of the word. That, Lord, we have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. I am not near perfect in love and to walk in love and to conduct myself in love and to speak in love. And I'm, not, I'm not even close. But Lord, you come with your grace and your mercy and your word and you teach us and you show us. But love is the only way, my son. Love is the only way, my daughter, to build that bridge that needs building. It takes one step of faith to say, I'm sorry, I love you. So Lord, I pray this morning that by your Holy Spirit, you will just show us your love. And we've heard this morning that the love dwells in us. If we say we are Christians, if we say we are believers, then God abides in us and, he, and we in Him. So Holy Spirit, I want to make a petition to your throne this morning, Lord, to help us every day. Help us, Holy Spirit. Guide us and help us. That we will be slow to speak and quick to hear. Slow to act, quick to listen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, this month of, we celebrate your birth. 
God's plan that you were born in a stable. Humble beginnings. But yet today you are glorified and sitting in the right hand of the Father interceding for us as your children, as your ministers, as your church, as your bride. We celebrate your birth, Jesus. We celebrate your being, your deity, and yet your humility. Let this month be a celebration of your love in our hearts and in our homes and in our families, a celebration of who Jesus is and what the Father God did for us through Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I knew I went a bit far, a bit far over my time. But this is the last sermon for this year. So I had to stretch it a little bit. <laughs> Did you get something this morning? I got something. I got something yesterday already. <laughs> In fact, Friday, when I was getting cars from Joburg and taking cars in for services and bringing a car back this way, I was worshiping in the car. And I was crying so much. I had to take my glasses off. I had to slow down. By worshiping, the Holy Spirit comes and reveals itself to us. I'm telling you. By worshiping Him, He reveals stuff to us. He reveals stuff prophetically into us. Why? Because God... Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.